Hi, I'm Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Gramos. And we're On The Back Peg, the show where we're talking all things football and it's Destination Doha Episode 2. In this week's show, we're looking at all things Group B, the very interesting, very geopolitical Group B with England, Wales, the USA and Iran. Welcome to everyone to Destination Doha, which is our special World Cup series on the Back Peg podcast. Uh, what a group. What a group. This is mouthwatering. It certainly is. As, as I mm. mentioned, uh, some interesting football matchups, uh, some interesting country matchups. We all thought the same thing when the draw was made a few months ago. That's uh, wow. Was yeah. the first words out of my mouth. Same. Same. Uh, look, England, Iran, great way to kick off this group. Iran, we know here in Australia how capable they can be. Uh, and this World Cup is being played in their part of the world, which is great to see. England, well, we're all fond of England in one way or another, I, I suspect, but we all have an interest in England, uh, given that uh, how the popularity of the English Premier League and how much us Australians also like to see the English lose. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, we'll, we'll get right into it with England, the favourites for the group. One of the favourites for the tournament. I've got a question for you, Nathan. Do the English media like to see the English team lose more so than the Australian public? I think they do. I think they honestly do, because if, if they can write some uh, inflammatory headlines surrounding England, whether it be a player or the manager, whoever it might be, that sells a lot of papers, that creates a lot of online intrigue as well. I think it might be better for the balances uh, if... England do have a bit of a disaster. I remember when they lost to Iceland, there was mm. all the headlines surrounding the manager, Roy Hodgson, and it created a lot of fanfare. But let's be fair, that team back then should have done a hell of a lot better oh, they should have. Than, what, than what they ended up doing under Hodgson, right? Uh, Gary Neville even admitted that, the, uh, you know, the famous assistant coach at the time. So it'll be interesting as we go through and discuss each team's prospects and how we think this group will play out and who we think the key players will be and the rest. So let's crack on, I think. Let's get right into it. Mm. We'll, we'll stick on topic, stick on England. Yep. Uh, one of the favourites for the tournament. Yeah. Do you see any real trouble for them getting out of this group, first and foremost? I've said previously on other forums that I think that England will be our legitimate favourites for this World Cup. There are no excuses when it comes to this World Cup and of being fatigued because it's at the end of the season and all the rest. And we keep hearing this la di da di da. Oh, they've had a long season. There's been no mid season break. And Germany, oh, because it, because Germany not, had a mid season break. Because it's not the end of the season for everybody else, is it? Of course not. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> like, else. You know, the Italians were, you know, you know like, uh, or still, you know, the Italians and the Germans and, the, and, and everyone else is. Still playing, and you know, but everyone else is complaining. You know, no one else is complaining about. Oh, we've had a hard, arduous season. Didn't seem to affect the Spanish, the Italians, the Germans on how many occasions? Indeed, and uh, nobody else pick up nickels either. So it's uh, just mm. a purely English problem that the, the yeah it seems to be seems to be just mm. confined to the British Isles. Uh, we'll see. They, they need to sort those out. Right? Yeah, every other country seems to have uh, done a fantastic job. Well, one thing's for sure, Nathan. There's no, there's no excuse here, right? The only excuse that I probably could see is that one poor tactics from Gareth Southgate, if that, right? And that would be it because this side, this side should win the World Cup. This side should win the World Cup. They're, They're absolutely would, good enough to win this World oh, Cup. You look at it, 
you look at it, and yes, we know that they've had poor form running into you know with the last round of the UEFA Nations League and England being relegated and all the joy we had in that. But I think that England need to, and it comes down to the manager. Let's be frank, right? I mean, this is a podcast. People want to hear our, you know, people. Let us know your thoughts at the back peg on Instagram and send us a message. But I think that what we can see here is that it's crunch time for Southgate. I think that they've done well. England have done well in the previous two tournaments that they've been a part of. They should have won. And what's insightful here is they should have won the Euro. They should have won the Euro. No excuse for that. For a serious football nation, you're hosting the final. You get off to a flying start. Right? You expect that the Italian manager, Mancini, will make changes to counter that. It just showed his experience, Mancini's experience over Southgate, which is a huge, which has been probably the biggest talking point in amongst the British media is Southgate up to the task. Is appears to be great with the with players, but when it comes to the actual technical area, the crunch moments, you know, they've they've knocked at the door. They've knocked at the door. They've actually, you know, made finals. Semi-finals of a World Cup. Nothing think, to be sneezed at. The thing is, though, who have actually beaten in yeah, these roads to the sure. final, semi-final? But you can only yes. play who's in front of you. Also, I'm going to ask you, you said England are a serious football nation. Are they? They haven't won anything oh, since 66. Sure. They haven't beaten a big side for about 30 years, except for Germany at the last Euros. They haven't really done anything on the international stage for as long as almost I've been alive. Nathan, I took much pleasure in Greece winning the 2004 Euro, right, being of Greek background, and listening to the to the English on BBC, you know, and other programs could, you know, they could not believe what happens, right? What had happened at that time. I think, yes, they are a serious football nation. Let's, all jokes aside, they are a serious football nation. They're a World Cup champion. They haven't won the the Euros, granted. However, they've been in the position to win one, right? They didn't take it. Here we are again. And here you are again at a World Cup, Right, the expectation is huge this time around, and they can. And the amount of times I've heard end of season we're tired at the end of every major doesn't wash this time around. Right, there's no excuse for it. Now it purely comes down to football capability and tactical nous and execution. And this English side have the players. They have the the, the players. It's stacked. This team is stacked. Right. You can, and there will be players that miss out, which should be there, which oh, we absolutely. can go through, right? That, you know, th- that should be there, which will make a difference and would actually add to Southgate's tactical capabilities. But he won't take them. And I'll mention one, James Madison. Absolutely. He should be on the plane. Should be on the plane. But he's not been involved for England. And he won't be. That's the problem because Gareth Southgate, the way he sets these England teams up, they sit deep, they hit teams on the break, they play for set pieces, and yet you don't take one of the best set piece takers English ever have to offer. Correct. Uh, look, I take that you've got to be, prag- you know, defense wins tournaments. Sure. Absolutely. Got to be, prag- you know, you've got to be a pragmatist. Sure. But when you've got the attacking weaponry that England has, right? For 
you know, you look at the you look at the side, and, and let's just you know, let's just go through the players, right? Let's go through the players here. La- England's last squad, and look, we know that England came back in a twenty-minute spell against Germany in the last Euro, uh, in the last uh, UEFA Nations League fixture, right? Led but, to a three-all draw. But at that point, the the horse had bolted, and it was just a case of they have to go out and prove yeah. the point because there was. They hadn't scored a goal from open play in four or five games. Sure. There was going to be so much negative press off the back of that result if they had just continued to play the same way. They would have lost that match 2-0, perhaps more. And Southgate, there would have been plenty of calls for his head. They still are off the back of that. But at least England have showed their prowess a little bit going Mm. forward. They can play on the front foot if the manager will allow them. Look, I fear this podcast could go forever. Right, given how much exposure we have to English football through the Premier League, but also the the English football team. Have a look at the side. Pope, Newcastle United supporter here, but he won't be starting. He'll be on the in the on the plane, but he won't be starting. Right. And Jordan Pickford's had a fantastic season. Agreed. Agreed. We see the back three was Stones, who is under an injury cloud and is unlikely to make it from what you know the latest uh, update is Dyer who seems fine Maguire injury cloud out of form he shouldn't be on the plane but he will be and that's a shame because his performances have been dire you mentioned Eric Dyer <laughs> and that's a fitting word for Harry Maguire's form over the last 18 months or so he just hasn't been able to rediscover the performances that he showed for England at the Euros and Manchester United prior to that He's been out of the side now. He's been displaced as captain of the team. Bruno Fernandes has taken the armband and he's lost his place altogether. So does a player who's riding, a, riding the bench at Manchester United deserve to be in the squad for England? No, I don't think so. But he's likely to be on the on the travelling party, let's, let's just say that, pending injury. But like I said, I, I think really Southgate can only go with Tamori, Dyer. Cody, because Kyle Walker can't play um, as, as a right wing back because he's injured. He's injured as well. So England's strongest position, right wing back, you know, all all of a sudden comes into cloud because you've got Reese James who is under a fitness cloud as well and unlikely to make the plane. Kyle Walker unlikely to make the plane. Was a always um, available to go into the back three as well, to step into the back three if needed for Southgate. So you're looking at the defensive options there and you're going, well, okay, who who else else plays? So I I think it's Cody, Dyer, Tamori. I think Lewis Dunn gets into the frame a bit now because you've lost uh, Kyle Walker to play centre-half and... Harry Maguire's out of form. Maybe there's a, a bit of a room there for a bit of a roughie to come into the side. Lewis Dunk's been putting in fantastic performances for Brighton for the past couple of seasons now. And we've all been saying that Gareth Southgate should be picking players who are on form. Sure. Lewis Dunk fits into that category. Yeah, he's, and he's not really gotten a look in for the national team. Yeah, he's been playing well. He's been playing well. Look, that's a possibility. Uh, yeah, I think he's just got to go he's, he's just got to go with Cody at this stage. Dyer and Tamori as his back three. Walker would be in there if if he could play Walker, but he can't now. Well, let's talk a bit more about Kyle Walker because he is a utility player for Mm. Gareth Southgate. Yeah, Uh, He wouldn't have been first choice at this tournament anyway. Reese James, by all intents and purposes, would have been first choice. He's out 
before the World Cup. Yeah. And he'll be back for Chelsea not long after, but he is missing that major tournament. Kyle Walker would have been the replacement in the side. And even so, fill in at right centre-half in the back three. Losing a utility player like Kyle Walker, that is a massive blow because where's the utility player to replace the utility player? I can't think of one that straight away off the top of my head, to be honest. I'm thinking, though, that um, now Trippier, Kieran Trippier is the inside running for that position. And it opens up a place for Trent Alexander-Arnold as a potential uh, starter. Uh, but I, I think Trippy has got the nod ahead of of um, Trent Alexander-Arnold there. So then Luke Shaw will be the left wing back. You know, there was some doubt over Luke Shaw a couple of months ago, but he has rediscovered his form. Yeah. He's got his place back at Manchester United, and it seemed as though he was it was his spot to lose anyway for yeah. Gareth Southgate. But now that he's playing regular football, it, it, it's a lock in. For and, he's, and he scored last start, right? He scored last start for England. So. Yeah, it's uh, the the biggest issue for mine is uh, the defence, and should they, he Southgate will play a back three. We've already you know we've discussed this. I think that should he change to a back four, he's got the capability to do that. But uh, you know, I, I see that um, I see that there is only options at the moment. So there are concerns for England going into this tournament. Absolutely, and a position that we didn't think would be a weakness coming to this tournament, the fullbacks. But the way it's panned out, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he, he's got a way back into this team. He wasn't yeah. involved in the last squad, not no. because he was missing, not because he was injured, suspended, anything like that. He just wasn't picked, not good enough. Now it looks like he'll be going to Qatar. Uh, very much very much the case. Yeah, I think so. I think so. The exciting thing about England could be that they think they found their two midfielders in Rice and Bellingham. I don't think Henderson gets a... Like, a Henderson will be part of the squad, perhaps, but I don't think he gets uh, much game time. So will Calvin Phillips. Yeah. I, but I think they're you know they're on the bench, right? You've got to find a place, though, for someone like Madison in this squad. Foden has to be a regular player, right, who started the last game. And I think that what suits England is for Kane to drop back and, and obviously have uh, Sterling and, and Foden on either side of him because he plays in a similar way to Spurs as well, right? So, play to look out for for mine um, is Foden. I really think that he, if he gets enough game time, will be, you know, a, a huge, of huge importance to England. He's just a phenomenal player. Like and Phil, he's only so young. Phil Foden's a player who'll be in the conversation with the golden ball from this yeah. tournament. Best yeah. player in Qatar 2022. If England make a yeah. deep run, which are all sort of expecting them to do so. Yeah. Whether or not they fall short at some hurdle along yeah. the way is yet to be seen. But Phil Foden is going to be a lot of uh, the focus of England and how they progress throughout mm. the knockout phases of this tournament in fantastic form for Manchester City. It's time that he really does deliver on the international stage. He's been in and out of the England side uh, for the last season or two. Yeah. It's now time for him to cement a place and really take this England team forward. If Harry Kane gets injured, what happens? That's a problem. Yeah, That's I a think big so. Problem. I think so. That's a massive problem because Harry Kane, he is the, the attacking linchpin of this side. Mm. You can't just plug in a Callum Wilson or a Marcus Rashford if if he's even good enough to get on the plane in the first place. You can't just put in a, a like-for-like. There is no like-for-like replacement yeah. for England. I think they have the attacking prowess to to counter that or to, to make up for it, but 
Harry Kane is so influential in that dressing room and influential to the way that Gareth Southgate likes to play. It's been obvious, right? That's why Tony didn't get a start in... Ivan Tony didn't get a start in the last series of, of uh, the Nations League matches. But I think that, yes, England will have to adapt very quickly because Kane could very well get injured. I don't want to put the mocker on him or anything like that at all. But however, it's a serious concern for uh, for England that that should Kane get injured, Tony didn't get a start. Wilson's just come back from injury, and as much as I like Wilson. And Tammy Abraham doesn't get a start either. Well, yeah, right. But he's doing well in uh, for Roma in Mourinho there. Oh, you know, it's just... Uh, that's where the, the issues come. Goalkeeping, not a problem, right? Defence, problematic. And this is going to be a test for Southgate's man management here because Southgate obviously has some credibility in amongst the playing group but he's going to have to show that uh, that confidence in the fringe players if, for want of a better term right to step up because if there are injuries and or further injuries you can see that uh, he's not going to be able to go to the people that have done the job for him in the past right and this is a world cup that England can and should win this is a big tournament for England. This is one that the FA really had penciled in as a victory, uh, the one they were eyeing up. I don't think there was an expectation for England to win in Russia in 2018. Uh, as much as the fans and the media and everyone surrounding England would have enjoyed it, the same goes for the Euros. I think they were expecting to make the final, not necessarily win it. This is the tournament where all the development programs have all been lined up for England to go and do something, to go and lift that trophy. I think you're right there, Nathan. I think that's this is the World Cup that the World Cup campaign that the English FA have penciled in as the one that will be the culmination of their youth development program and their success. And you can see that previous in years gone by, the English team has been successful in the in the youth. This is the one that uh, they, you know, have penciled in as the reflection of all that hard work that's gone into it. So it's really up to Southgate to manage these manage these players and this team how do you think they go in this uh, like we can go through their matches now and see what you know and see what you, how they go England versus Iran first up that's an important game for Southgate for England a tough opponent Iran have shown themselves to be worth their salt in tournaments gone by with important results against countries that you would fancy them to lose to they pick up very important points and wins in some instances as well England, much like the last group, our last podcast that we discussed, the Dutch and Qatar, they need to get off to winning ways if they want to go far and deep into this tournament. England need to follow suit. They need to pick up three points in this game against Iran, but it is not going to be easy. Essentially a home game for Iran, uh, but surely this England side is going to be too strong for them. They're well prepped in terms of the sort of level of opposition they've been playing in the Nations League and in the qualifiers to get to Qatar. That is one important point about the Nations League. Yes, it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse tournament. It might as well be international friendlies, but particularly if you're in Group A or League A of the Nations League, you are playing against elite European opposition, some of the best teams in the world, and that does get you ready for a tournament. England should be getting three points in this game for the group to kick things off. Should be a fairly comfortable win. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think England should win three 0 but we'll probably go through it again at the end. I think uh, England United States is a real tricky one for them. I think that's trickier than Wales potentially as a banana skin. 
Yeah, they have some good players, the United States. Eliza Christian Pulisic, Giovanni Reina. Some good players coming through, but I don't think they're ready to really test the big teams at international level as of yet. There's a lot of question marks surrounding the manager. That's fair. Very similar to Gareth Southgate, the current view of the manager, that he's not really up to standard. But they have the good players there. Yeah. And they will be looking at this group thinking they can get out of it, get through to the knockout phase, a potential round of 16 against the Dutch or Senegal, uh, which, again, they would not see as a cut-and-dry automatic loss for the Americans. They'll be perhaps if they're getting very optimistic looking at a quarterfinal berth. I think that's getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Yeah, sure. But they will be looking at this game against England as a potential opportunity mm. for them to pick up an important point in mm. their quest for the mm. knockout phases. I think the tastiest one, uh, game in this group is Wales versus England. I really do. British Isles derby played in the Middle East. Depending on how Wales, and we'll cover this off uh, shortly, depending on how Wales' progression through the tournament um, goes, this will have a lot of writing on it. I don't know what your thoughts are, Nathan. I think this game has a lot riding on it. It certainly does. The uh, England-Wales, it is uh, another matchup. When we saw the draw, we went, wow. Yeah. Uh, two British Isles teams, as you mentioned, uh, facing off in a international tournament. We have one at the last Euros, England against Scotland in the group phase. And that was special. That was special. That was special, but the game ended up being a little bit of a fizzer. It didn't really deliver to the hype, the match. It ended up as a nil-all draw. Yeah. Uh, I think this one could very well go the same. Bit of a fizzer. England just happy with a point. They can go through comfortable in first place by that stage. Uh, yeah, this one could go down as a bit of a, a bit of I a think it's more draw. important for Wales. It certainly is. I think potentially it'll be more important for Wales. But we'll, we'll cover that off, uh, you know, shortly, I guess. So let's go to Iran. Let's go to Iran and see what we think there because yep. Iran, great form, being Asian uh, qualifiers, only really dropped uh, dropped one game in the qualifying, which is against Korea. But uh, in, of late, uh, a bit patchy, a bit patchy. But that's to be expected as you're trialing, you know, trialing trialing things in friendlies. So their last game was against Senegal, which was one all. And the game prior to that was one nil against a one nil victory against Uruguay. A bit of an alarming loss uh, back in June to Algeria, a side that hasn't even made the World Cup. So, plenty of uh, intrigue surrounding this Iran team, whether they can deliver on the international stage and spring a few upsets. But uh, an important set of players for Iran coming into this game. They've had some high-profile players down the years. But leading the line now is Mehdi Taremi, a player for Mm. FC Porto. Yeah. A good striker who's uh, delivering in the Portuguese league and showing good performances in the Champions League as well this season. Yeah. Uh, He is the one that the Iranians will be pinning their hopes on coming into this tournament. Yeah, and quite rightly. Uh, He seems to to have hit some good form of late. So, and they'll be relying upon him to, you know, to produce the goods, I think. Uh, You know, look, the critical thing for Iran will be how their results are against United States and Wales. That's really what it comes down to for them. That yeah. US game is a little bit spicy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But it's happened before. It's happened before in uh, previous World Cup editions. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it means a lot more to Iran than what it does to the United States, to be fair. However, I think that... Look, the, Ira- the Iranians aren't to be dismissed. You can't be too flippant about them. I think that that they're in with a shout. It's in their part of the world. 
So there will be strong support for them. Uh, the question is, is how, how do we think they'll go against the United States and Wales? And unfortunately for Iran, I think that they'll lose against Wales. Wow, you yeah. rated the Welsh pretty highly. Yeah, yeah. look, I actually think the Welsh will... Well, it's time for a bold prediction, I guess. I think the Welsh will get through. I think England and Wales are the ones that go through. And plenty of disappointed Yanks. Which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> we love you, our American friends. Yes, we do. <laughs> we copped a lot of flack from the Ecuadorians on the <laughs> last right. one. Oh, well, there's going to be an avalanche coming in from, from stateside now. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, for mine, I, I'm not rating the Welsh as highly. I don't think the players are quite as good as they have been. Gareth Bale has gone over to the MLS. Yes, he's putting in some okay performances, but he's not really the same player that, that he has been. And the likes of Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey carrying this Welsh side, I think, are over now. Team spirit, I think, for mine, gets them through in a World Cup because, you, you know, obviously they've been together for a while, this Welsh team. And the fact that they were able to turn over Ukraine the way that they did to get through indicates to me that there's uh, still some metal about them and that they I don't think they progress much past the round of 16 to be fair because I think that you know I think that uh, they'll um, their campaign will stop there but I think that um, the world will do enough to get the points uh, I think Iran unfortunately will maybe go home with a point or two but that's about it. I don't see them... We see them losing against England, yeah? Yes, I think England will get through on seven or nine points. Okay. Depending on how it's going in that sure. last game, they might yeah. take a point. But uh, I do think they get through comfortably in first place. But beyond that, I am going to disagree with you, Lazarus, because okay. for mine... See, this general theme for a lot of these preview shows is I'm going to be a bit warmer on the Arabic nations, the African ones as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, we talked about in the last pod things due to climate and... Uh, how quickly teams can get used to playing in Qatar. I think the Iranians are going to be ready to progress to the knockout phases of this World Cup. They're going to pick up a few surprising results and uh, be a little bit of a bolt from the blue. I think they beat Wales, and I think they beat America as well. I think I'm going to go England first, Iran second, and a lot of disappointed Americans uh, perhaps beating Wales, uh, but uh, comfortably in third place and not really a sniff of the knockout phases. Okay. No, that's fair. Okay. So I think that, yeah, uh, look, that's that's totally fair. Look, it's it's interesting that the way that the Iran comes up against Wales in their second fixture. So really, that's the winner take all for mine. Right? Yes, Wales have United States in their first, in their first fixture, but uh, back to your point, the winner takes all in the uh, in the second game, Wales and Iran, because we're saying we're assuming here that England go through on nine points. I think you that's what you yeah you're not going to find a, a contrarian opinion over here. Great, same. All right, so then it just comes down to and we'll play it out uh, later on. But yeah, it just comes down to how we think it's going to finish uh, as far as the the rest of the group is concerned. By the time that Iran play United States, right, the group could be done and dusted. Which so, often is the case for yeah. these for these sorts of groups where you're expecting a bit of a roughie to get through, but mm. by the time the opportunity comes, mm. the the chance is already gone. Mm. But just the way that the, the draw has come out, 
Uh, it's a very tough group for those sides, apart from England, to get out of it. Three teams that really are fairly standard in terms, mm. fairly level in terms of their mm. ability. I think you can say they're fairly standard. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perhaps standard, not not quite the right word. I think it's a bit more level petty, level yeah, petty between no, between yeah. the sides. I don't think Iran is a whole lot better than America, yeah. who is a whole lot better than Wales. No, that's right. They're very similar in terms of their level. I think right. those game between those three teams, the games could go anyway. Yeah. But I think just the quality of Iran, the locale of the World mm. Cup, I think that's going to be enough to get them over the line. Yeah, no, look, that's in, you know, yeah, take all that. that. That's all fair. Should we move on to the United States? Yeah, let's do them. it. Let's do it. The US with uh, some important games, some important, uh, an important tournament for them ahead of hosting the next World Cup in 2026. They want to have a good showing, a good account of themselves in this tournament to really uh, get some momentum rolling in international football. Is it all about Pulisic? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. And that's a problem as well for America because he's not playing games. So. Yeah. He's not I, playing I, games. That's I, a problem. I think that that's where I see the Welsh kicking in. But yeah, look, you're right. The United States, I think it's imperative that they have a good showing at this World Cup. I suspect that the internally they must be viewing as progression from the group to the uh, round of 16 as the minimum. Um, from a performance perspective and it would be a good sign for their progression towards the next World Cup. It's all about 2026 for them, no doubt. However, I think this World Cup is about Pulisic and, and his bona fides as a talent on the world stage. Are you surprised that Josh Sargent is not getting more of a look in? He's mm. played Premier League football last season for Norwich. He's, he's scored a couple of goals already in the Championship this yeah. season. Yeah. But he doesn't really start for the US. I think it just seems that that manager hasn't taken a liking to him. To be fair, I, I, that's what you know, that's what I've seen. Uh, I think he should. All right, I'm um, looking at their previous form. They're just going into um, into this World Cup. El Salvador a draw, lost to Japan in the Kieran Cup in Germany, um, and a nil all draw against Saudi Arabia. Again, that's not very inspiring. No wins in the last three, which was played in Spain. To be to be fair, it wasn't played in Saudi Arabia. Their last win was a 5-0 win against Granada in the CONCACAF Nations League. I, I don't think you can really take too many positives out of that yeah. game in isolation because you're not going to be facing a team like Granada at the World Cup. But no, that's right. just looking at the sort of players that they're trotting out, Pulisic, Reyna, uh, McKenney, uh, Dest as well. There's a lot of players here who are yeah. squad players at their clubs. They're not playing week in, week out. Yeah. Yedlin is yeah, a squad another player. One. Yeah. So, uh, ex-Premier League. Um, you know, they're look four three three. Nothing, you know, too. Which probably turns into a four five one. Um, as far as Burhalter is concerned, is the American coach that we're uh, thinking of, Greg Burhalter. But I, yeah, look, I, I, Rayner is a talent. Pulisic is a talent. We know that. Other than that, really. You know, uh, I, I see the Americans struggling. Yes, look, Sargent was part of the last squad, but wasn't played against the Saudis. They were warming up for the World Cup themselves. Yeah, it's one that... And, and this is why I don't have much confidence in the Americans, unfortunately. I just look at the side and think it doesn't really threaten. It, it doesn't really pose a threat to either Iran, England or Wales. It like you're looking at this side and you're going well I'm not really scared about this 
No, you took the words out of my mouth there. There's no player in that lineup that really shouts, okay, we need to double mark him, take Correct. him out of the game. Yeah. And that will give us a fair shot of winning. I think you can just go and play your natural game against this American side and you will probably come out on top if you're England or if you're Iran. Uh, for me, the best player in this American side is Tyler Adams, who's playing mm. reasonably well at Leeds. I agree with you. But once again, you're not scared by a defensive midfielder. No. Great player. Great Absolutely player. great player. Right. But you're right. He doesn't strike fear into the heart of the opposition, unfortunately, for them. If Pulisic goes down injured, the Americans are in for a very short campaign. I think it'll be over before they know it. Yeah, I think Brendan Aronson has to get a game. Uh, played well for Leeds so far this season. Uh, Actually, that's do- a good point. Yeah. But he hasn't started. No. He doesn't start many games for the US. And yes, uh, Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic might be ahead of him in the pecking order, but surely you can change shape a little bit, get Aronson into that number 10 position, and that'd be a better side. The likes of uh, Acosta, who played against Saudi Arabia. A midfield three of Adams, McKinney, and Aronson is a, a bit better. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think Berhalter will need to, to mix his tactics up here in order for the Americans to provide a surprise. I think everyone would have done their scouting on them. You go to these tournaments, you know who you're playing against. I, I just don't see the Americans threatening this group, to be to be frank. But um, yeah, let's see. Let's wish them well, and hopefully they do okay in Qatar. But, yeah, I think they'll be out uh, at the group stage. Well, let's have a look now at Wales, the other side in this group, the one that we haven't really focused on as of yet. They've done well in recent tournaments, Euro 16 and Euro 20. Uh, some good performances and some good results to boot. But how do you see them going about this World Cup? Is it a tournament where they'll be looking to get out of the group? Are the players good enough? Look, I'm pleased with the watch that they're through to this World Cup. I'm glad that they qualified. I think it's a reflection on the the recent tournaments that and the work that they've done. I think that they do get out of this group. I said it earlier during the podcast. I think that I can actually see them going... Uh, progressing through to the round of 16 in second place now if you look at how the, the draw works out for them they could easily just get a draw or just need a draw against England in the last game England should have six points by that stage so I think you'll see that uh, that battle of the British Isles could turn out to be a fizzer unfortunately or they could play it depends if the Welsh need a result in that game that could spice things up so it has the potential to be a spicy game. It just depends on... It would have been ideal, to be fair, if England and Wales were first up. It would be. Right? Both sides can yeah. go on the front foot. Yeah. Right? I think, it would have, I think it would have been better for this group, actually, had that been the case as well. Then you could have said that, yeah, okay, well, you know, USA and Iran would uh, need, to, um, need to be on the, front, on the front foot themselves as well because they would have started their tournament... Uh, you know, um, with all guns blazing, pardon the pun there, right? <laughs> um, but when you look at the makeup of this, uh, you look at the draw of this group here, and you see that um, the yeah, you see that United States first up against Wales. If the Welsh get three points out of that, then three points against Iran, they're pretty much done. Group's over. Yeah, group's over. Right, and that's got to be the objective. Yeah, so. And they're good enough. I think the Welsh are good enough to to get six points. The thing is, recent form has not been too impressive for the Welsh. Three losses in a row, no wins in five games. Some really uh, tough results to look at there. Lost to Poland, lost to Belgium, lost to the Dutch twice, and a, another a draw with Belgium again. Mm. 
yes, they're tough games. Yeah, they are. They are tough games. And perhaps the USA and Iran are not as tough as those f- fixtures. Yeah. But also, they're not coming into this tournament with any real momentum whatsoever. No, but that's where I see that the camp before the World Cup. Yes, there's no friendlies or no time for friendlies before the World Cup itself, right? But the Welsh have been in camp before. There's a familiarity to them. They'll know once they get to Qatar what they need to do to make things right. They know that they need to get this, you know, as many points as they can out of the first two games. They can't be reliant on a getting a result against England, right? Even though allowing for the emotion of the occasion and, and all that, it need the business needs to be done before the game against England for them, because that way it just allows them to play freely, allows them to give a run to their to their squad players as well. Because if both England and and uh, Wales are on six points going into that last round, it's done. Yeah, and it definitely could be. I yeah. can see Wales beating both the USA and yeah. Iran in their opening two fixtures. Yeah. But conversely, I could definitely see them losing both as well. Uh, As I I mentioned just before, this side, uh, compared to the Americans and the Welsh, it is very much a close-run thing. They could come into that England game completely done, already booking a flight home. Yeah, yeah, could. Yeah, could. Could very well be. Look, is it all about Bale for the Welsh? I think they need a plan B. Because Yaris Bale, yes, he's playing regularly and doing okay in America for LAFC. Uh, the side have taken a massive dive in terms of their form, form since he's started playing games for them. Mm. Uh, but he's, his performances are still reasonable. He's still picking up some goals and CSK passes, these sorts of things. And he personally is coming into some decent form. At least he's playing football on the regular uh, for his club side now. But for Wales, they do need an alternative. And uh, recent matches, they've been playing the likes of Dan James, uh, Brennan Johnson yep. for Nottingham Forest as yep. well. But Aside from Bale, it's a similar situation to the US. There's not really any any players in there that scare me. If I was coming up against the Welsh, not many players where I'd have to say, okay, you need to double mark him, take him out of the game. For mine, I think Wales will end up falling a little bit short. Uh, Bale's injury record is something that we have to talk about as well. Yeah, He could pick one up very quickly, yeah. just out of the blue. Yeah, And if he does pick up an injury, he's out for a game or two, then that, yeah. that is the Welsh done. If... Bale picks up an injury. I agree with you. The Welsh are done. Who goes through from that from that perspective? Because uh, then it'll either be come down to the Iran or the US. And I think that potentially Iran, like you said earlier, Iran could uh, could go through in second. Well, shall we go through game by yeah, game? Yeah, let's go. Let's do now it. we can uh, run through our predictions. The story of Group B at Qatar twenty twenty two. We'll kick things off in the first game of Group B, which is England against Iran. This one actually jumps Senegal and Netherlands in the running order of yeah. the day, so yeah. a bit a bit, a bit out of whack there. Mm, mm. Uh, England against Iran. How do you see this one panning out? England comfortably. 4-1. Yeah, I tend to agree. It should yeah. be uh, a straightforward win for the English. Um, maybe not 4-1. I think Iran will be a little bit more solid at the back, mm. but uh, at the expense of any real goal-scoring output. I'm going to go for a 2-0 yep. win yep. Uh, to the yep. English. We also have USA and Wales on the same day. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, that one. This uh, is a, a massive game. If, if yeah. there is a winner in this game, then that really does... It sets them up for the rest of the One tournament. foot into the knockouts. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, looking at it, Bale stay, stays fit, because well, that's why he's gone LA. 
obviously to get game time under his belt. It's all about. It's all been about the World Cup for for Gareth Bale, and I think that uh, Wales will just pip the United States. I'd say one nil. This one's going to be very close, right? I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this game mm. uh, at six a.m. Sydney time yeah. as well. Uh, not the most hospitable to be tuning in, but uh, an interesting game nonetheless. I, this one's going to be very close. I might put this one down as a bit of a score draw, going for a one all. Mm. I think Bale going to America puts him in the limelight for the U.S. national team. Not that there was any real question marks surrounding Gareth Bale, but they can closely watch him and identify where they can really get at him. I actually think it could be a set piece that actually does it for them. So a Bale free kick or something. Just a 1-0? Yeah, just a 1-0. I might put this one down as a 1-0 draw. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, so that means after match week one, I've got England on three points, USA and Wales on a point each, and then Iran at zero. Yeah, well, I have England and Wales on three points each. We'll go through to the next round of fixtures. So Wales versus Iran. Tricky one. Tricky one, indeed. Tricky one. Draw. Draw? Draw. For mine, after Iran's, well, in my book anyway, a a disappointing result against England, they need to bounce back. Mm. They will be looking to get out Mm. of this group, get into Mm. the knockout phase, particularly the location of the World Cup. They'll be penciling this one in as a a big three points for their campaign. They'll have this one circled in their calendars in... uh, uh, thick red ink. This is the game that we need to uh, get a result out of, and I think they do. I think they win 2 0. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we also have England against the USA. Yeah, I don't see the 1950 repeats happening with England and the United States where the US upset England. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, the USA will lose, unfortunately, for our American friends. I think it'll be England 2 0. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with yeah. you on that one. Yeah, uh, comfortable win for the English. I might go three nil. Actually, okay. there you go. Uh, there stick you go. the knife in that little yeah, bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll have us on uh, England. Both of us having England on six points. I have Wales on four, and you have uh, Iran, Iran on, on three. Three and Wales on three. They're setting up a fantastic Ooh. last round of games. Yeah. Iran versus United States in the last round and England versus Wales in the last round. Two fixtures that uh, could very well be dead rubbers by the time these games roll around, as we were saying. Yeah, could be. Uh, but for mine, I don't think they will be. I think there's a lot on the line for these sides. Uh, Wales needing to get something going in this tournament. England happy to sit with a point and take top spot. Uh, might go down as a one-all draw. Same uh, draw result as the mm. England Scotland game in the last Euros. Mm. Yeah, look, uh, look, I, I think, I think, possibly, yeah, I think England Wales could be a draw, but I actually think England will just edge it, one nil or two one, something to that effect. And I think that uh, Iran versus United States ends up as a draw. I'm going to go for a win for Iran in this game, there you uh, go. sending them through to the knockouts. The USA going home with uh, just a point. So that has myself as England and Wales going through in first and second respectively, and you have England and Iran going through respectively first and second. Yes, so that would be uh, England against Qatar for you in the round of 16. A, a very <laughs> tasty. interesting, tasty matchup, as, tasty. You, as you say. Yeah, 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 tasty. Very tasty round of 16 game that would be. Yeah, I think I think we'll have to come back and do a knockouts uh, preview Yes, when that happens, to... yeah, or, a, or you know, a discussion around how we think how deep each team will go, but uh, and then 
Netherlands Iran for you and Netherlands and Wales for me in the round should, of 16. Like, with my Dutch hat on, it should be a win for the Dutch in either scenario. But mm. uh, yeah, some interesting games shaping up already in the knockout phase. Uh, and we've only done two groups. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Almost as crazy as uh, the cr- fun fact that we have for Qatar, or a quirky Qatar fact. And yeah, it's it's an interesting one, to say the least. Just 15% of the country is Qatari. Wow. And that's it. The rest are immigrants, workers. Correct. Which obviously had uh, led to some controversial parts of this uh, World Cup that we're about to enjoy, which we'll obviously cover off in a in a separate podcast, I think. Yes, I think we might put a dedicated podcast out surrounding mm. some of the controversies around this tournament a bit closer to the tournament start. Yeah, agree, agree. So that leaves us with six groups to go on this special series of the Back Peg podcast and Destination Doha. Spoiler alert, it'll be Group C next. Yes, Group C, another one to look forward to. Mm. And then after that would be Group D, but we're going to kick that one down yeah. towards the end of the previews because it is Australia's group. We're going to leave that one to last. That'll be lucky last, that one. So, yes. yeah, yeah, no, uh, completely understandable, that one. And, um, yeah, looking forward to the next podcast. So, thanks, Nathan, for your company always a pleasure thank you very much Lazarus thank you to all listening out there do join us for episode 3 of Destination Doha here on the back peg we'll be covering Argentina Mexico Poland and Saudi Arabia fantastic preview coming up ahead another great group another great group another great group they're all look when you're in the top 32 of the world the the groups are uh, very interesting indeed and makes for interesting podcasting as well. You're listening to Destination Doha on the back peg. We'll speak to you soon. Take care.